Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts. What's up, Knowles fans? Welcome to another edition of True Knowles Talk. Jeff Ray's here. I was going to hold off on the podcast night till after the Lady Knowles basketball game against the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. But as most of y'all know, if y'all have seen, the mighty Lady Knowles are no longer undefeated at home. They fell tonight 62-48 to Georgia Tech. To be honest with you, the Knowles really didn't have an answer for uh, number 20, Kubia, I think is how you pronounce her name. She she was dominating the floor. She was in and out. She really was a tough matchup down in the paint for the Knowles. She was 7 for 9 on field goals and 14 points. But just her dominance down there really posed a big issue for the Knowles tonight. But uh, Bianca Jackson led the way again for the Knowles. Bianca Jackson's really kind of a hot hand for the Knowles as of late. She, if memory serves me right, in the last few games, she's been the leading scorer along with Courtney Weber. In the Syracuse game, she scored 18 points. And then in the game against Miami, she scored another 13, had eight big assists. She's kind of a hot hand for the nose and a big threat when it comes to her offensive numbers. Tonight against Georgia Tech, she was 6 for 15 on field goals and 13 points. But the main issue tonight that i seen for the Knowles, their, their inability really to put up numbers in the second and third quarter. They've struggled there quite a bit. I know Miami took advantage in the third quarter in both their matchups, and Georgia Tech did in the last matchup. But tonight, they only scored a total of 14 points in the second and third quarter combined, which is really a low mark for any basketball program when you're scoring 16 points in the first quarter and averaging about 18 points in the fourth, you want to try to see the numbers be consistent from quarter to quarter. But the Knowles have struggled. They've had adversity this year. We know they uh, have been going through a lot. But in my eyes, the Lady Knowles are still, you know, a strong bet to make the tournament and probably looking probably about an 8-9 seed if the season ended today. You know, the two previous games before tonight, they were playing like teams that we've come accustomed to seeing in the past few years. You know, they were not perfect in those two games, 
But they they competed. They competed hard. They didn't back down. The Seminoles, you know, they'll finish their season strong if they can continue to bring some effort. We saw that in the two games before the Georgia Tech game tonight. But if they can bring that same effort, they'll continue strong. They could possibly be a threat in the ACC tournament. And possibly if they make it to the NCAA tournament, they could possibly make it to the Sweet 16, maybe the Elite Eight if, you know, if some miracle happened, you know, there's always a Cinderella story in the NCAA tournaments. That's why they're always fun to watch. Guys, the next time we possibly see the Lady Knowles compete at the Tuck is going to be on the 21st at 3 p.m. on the ACC Network. I want to say that's the app is what this one's going to be on, but they take on Louisville. That's going to be a tough one. Louisville comes in 19-1 and on the season, number three team in the nation. There's That's going to be a tough one. Uh, Louisville, they got weapons. They've got a lot of weapons, and they know how to play. So hopefully we can come out with that unconquered spirit, take home a victory at the Tuck, and make it 7-1 and one at home this year and get back to our winning ways with the ladies' program. Now moving on from the ladies' Knowles basketball team, let's kind of look at the Lady Knowles softball team. It's been about a year since they've competed on the diamond in Tallahassee or actually in any competitive softball game or matchup or anything due to COVID canceling the season last year after they had just started. But they started this past Friday where they were at home taking on the Lady Tigers of Memphis. The Knowles jumped out. They uh, secured a 1-0 start to the season by defeating Memphis 9-0. Sandercock got the win. She pitched four innings, only allowed one hit. She faced 14 batters, struck out two. Wilson come in for the save is what they got her down as. But if it's a 9-0 win, is it really a save? Like, I understand if it's like a 3-2 game or a 3-5 game and it being close and you have to have a save. But I just don't see that as a save. Well, other than that, they start off with, like I said, a 9-0 victory over Memphis, which improved her record and began the season with a 1-0 record. Then they went on and played Missouri the next game and defeated Missouri in that game 9-2. Like I said, they had a lot of offense. Missouri jumped out in the first inning and put the first points on the board in the matchup, but the Knowles came back in the third, scored two Missouri then come back in the fourth, put another one on the board, which made it a tie game two to two, but the Knowles then dominated the rest of it, scoring seven runs in the last two innings for the nine to two victory. Arnold was your winning pitcher that day on the mound. She pitched uh, three and a third innings, faced 14 batters, only allowed three hits, two runs, and she struck out three. Watson came in, I guess, on uh, mop-up duty and save duty. She pitched uh, three and two-thirds. Faced 13 batters, allowed only two hits, and uh, had two strikeouts. The Knowles, I mean, there's not much really you can say about the Knowles softball team. They they are very competitive, very well coached, very well coached. So the first uh, day of the season, they they ended it up with a two and zero record. Came back on Saturday, played Memphis again, where they came out on top again with a close game, three to two. Uh, winning pitcher that day was Watson. She faced 19 batters, struck out five, 
allowed only four hits and two runs in three and a third innings. I mean, so far in her the early season, her ERA is 1.29, which is a tremendous ERA to have. I wish I would have had that kind of ERA last time I played, you know, MLB the show, but I didn't. The losing pitcher was Cheyenne Elliott. She went four and a third. She faced a total of 23 batters, striking out four. And her ERA on the season is 9.35, which is atrocious, really. But nonetheless, the Knowles came out on top with a 3-2 to two victory. Then it was another repeat matchup for the Knowles as they took on Missouri yet again. This time, the Knowles, well, they'd be defeated by Missouri. They lost 9-2 to two in the last game of the four-game stretch over the weekend. Wilson got the nod. She only pitched one and two-thirds inning. She gave up five hits and three runs. Sandercock came in and tried to uh, help out, but they rocked her. She pitched three innings, had gave up nine hits and six runs. She faced 18. I mean, they just they they had our number in that last game. But what do you expect? You play four games in two days against the same two opponents. They they're gonna learn you. I mean, they're gonna learn you in and outs and. You, weaknesses and all that and how to how to hit you but the lady knows they played tonight against georgia tech in atlanta where the lady knows were victorious eight to one uh, danielle watson got the win tonight she pitched five and a third innings she faced 21 batters while only allowing four hits and one run she had five strikeouts and improved her ERA to 0.95 on the year so far. And then you had redshirt senior Danny Morgan, kind of the hot hand tonight. She had four RBIs on the night, but she wasn't the only one to put numbers on the board tonight. You had freshman Johanny Kerr and also redshirt freshman Devin Flutery, who both had one RBI apiece on the night both RBIs coming by way of the long ball. After that matchup, they turned right back around and played Georgia Tech again. This time defeating Georgia Tech 7-3. to With Kaylin Arnold getting the win, she pitched five innings, allowed two hits. I mean, I know it's early, but the Lady Knowles seem to be in mid-season form and right where they left off last year. They're going Posed to be a dominant force in the ACC and also the NCAA tournament this year. Hoping and buying that we have one if this COVID doesn't mess anything up. The Lady Knowles, though, they play Georgia Tech again in the third game of this three-game series. And hope we, hopefully we can take the sweep back home where they play tomorrow on the ACC pod at 1 p.m. in Atlanta. So if you've got that app, go on there. Support you, Lady Knowles. Hopefully we can bring another victory back and sweep the Yellow Jackets this weekend, kind of avenge the, the loss that the girls' basketball team had against the Lady Yellow Jackets tonight on the court. So, uh, like I said, go watch the Knowles on the ACC pod, support them, and go Knowles on that one. But moving right along, I want to talk about the men's basketball team who are, are a true threat. I want to say ESPN has moved them into one of their top four spots, but 
they defeated the number seven ranked at the time Virginia Cavaliers this past Monday night, defeating them 81 to 60. It was the top two teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference at the time. The Knowles now have the lead. But uh, MJ Walker led the team in scoring with 17 points. Raekwon Gray also helped out with 15 points of his own. You know, this is the seventh straight game that Raekwon scored double figures. Florida State has won 24 consecutive ACC home games, dating to a victory over Clemson on January 2nd, 2019. I just believe that, you know, if they, if the boys basketball team can just keep their focus, we're looking at a potential national championship team. And to think this team really, in my eyes, ain't as good as the team that was last year. So we can just imagine having back-to-back championships. But this team could pose a threat to any team. The only team I see that really could give us struggle in the ACC tournament would be probably Baylor or Gonzaga. But let's just hope that they're in a different bracket and a Cinderella finds her slipper and takes them out. But back to the Knowles and their performance against Virginia, they shot 29-58 from the floor, which is 50%. It's one of the nation's top offensive teams and also top offensive teams when shooting the three points and beyond the arc. That kind of comes in. I mean, when you got your big man, uh, Balsa Korpovic, a sophomore center, he returned from an ankle injury that he got during the pregame warm-up against Wake Forest. I mean, he pulled up and shot a three, which I, when that happened, the bench exploded. But he also pulled down three rebounds. But Balsa played his, his his best role as a rim protector. When Balsa wasn't in the game in the first half, Clark kind of done his damage and had his way with him. But in the second half, he locked him down, blocked one of his shots, and proved the force that Balsa is on the, on the boards and inside the paint. So congratulations to the men's basketball team. The next time we can watch the, the men's basketball team was supposed to be Saturday night at the Tuck versus Virginia Tech, but they're dealing with a COVID issue right now. So we're having to travel actually to Pittsburgh to kind of make up a game that's been postponed twice this season when we go to Pitt and take on the Panthers. So hopefully we can keep that ACC win streak alive in Pittsburgh this weekend and hopefully move one step closer to surpassing the great Duke team that set this record and also passing them, setting the record for ourselves, which, I mean, the ACC all-time – Record ain't really a big record to be looked at, but it's something we can hold our hat to because those were some great Duke teams that set that mark back in the day. Now moving on to a little bit of football news. And Florida State football has made a couple of great off-the-field hires here recently, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Tuesday, FSU announced that Sabbath Joseph is going to be added as a defensive analyst. Joseph, he was a linebacker at USF. He graduated from Miami Central High in 2005 and signed with USF right out of high school and had a successful career. You know, he, t- he totaled about 125 tackles, three sacks, and an interception from his time there, which was 2006 to th- 2010. After his college career ended, he returned back to Miami Central as a defensive assistant coach. He brings ties to South Florida, which is a good thing and what we need. And I, I know him and – uh, Ron Dugan's going to have a heyday down there. Them boys from uh, Dade County and 
you know, the south region of Florida, which is where a good portion of your great talent comes from. Also, the Knowles hired a new director of high school relations, which that job is kind of, you kind of touch base with all the coaches, all the administration in the high school and try to get a good relationship with them. But they hired a new guy, Ryan Barto. He uh, was with Syracuse last year. He seems to be extremely excited to be here. And then I know the Knowles are excited about the addition. He brings an extensive knowledge and uh, rela incredible relationships throughout the state of Florida. He, he recruited Florida real well for Syracuse in the past. Bartow brings a lot of experience as a director of high school relations. He was had that title and carried that title at both Oregon and Syracuse. Uh, last year with uh, Syracuse, he managed all recruiting interactions between the staff, recruits, and their family, as well as evaluating prospects to set the Orange's recruiting board at the time. So he'll be resetting our recruiting board also. He was the primary recruiter for seven of Syracuse's big and top signees that year, helping the Syracuse Orangemen lock up the second-best recruiting class in the past decade. While he was in Oregon, he, he cared about the same responsibility and stuff, you know, coordinating the travels, friend home visits, and stuff like that. So he's going to be a good addition to the to the Noel family. But he's also taking the place of a a man that I've kind of come to grow and respect, and that's Coach Locke. Coach Locke was the, was the previous director of high school relations. And I don't know if any of y'all follow him on Twitter or friends with him on Facebook. I mean, I am. The man's a real godly man and real strong in his faith, and that's going to take him places in this world and take him places in his profession because he's true to himself and he's true to his, his players and all that. He went to Western Kentucky as the running backs coach. So, Coach Locke, I know you've left the Knowles family, but you'll always be a Knoll at heart. Best of luck to you, brother. God bless you, and I hope that God opens up all the doors and avenues that he has planned for you. And may God bless you and your family, Coach Locke, and everything you do. And best of luck, and we'll be praying for you, brother. But also we had a, a former defensive back who played for the Knowles on that national championship team all the way through the 2017 season, which is Nate Andrews. He's coming back as a defensive analyst. He had that same role last season under Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. I just hope he keeps the McDonald's bags away. But he's coming back as an analyst. I'm glad to see that uh, our former players are wanting to be coaches because that's what it's gonna have, we're going to need is former players really taking a step into coaching to help build the programs and build the – Knowles back to where we want him to be. I mean, I know Chris Winkie's a quarterback's coach. Um, Smack, which is Sean McGuire, he's a quarterback coach at Texas A&M. Clint Trickett is a – well, I believe he's a wide receivers coach somewhere. I can't remember exactly where right off my head. But, guys, I know tonight's podcast was kind of short, kind of – we touched on a lot of the stuff about the girls and all that. I know there's a lot of news in the recruiting that's coming out. We, I believe, had a four-star commit linebacker tonight uh, announced on Twitter. I know Coach Norvell posted on Twitter. But the next podcast I do, I think I'm going to dive a little bit into the, the new recruits, the 2022 
recruiting class and what we've seen coming in already for the 2023 recruiting class, which is nothing but great things what I'm seeing. I believe we had a four-star commit that just recently decommitted from Florida and said that FSU is at the top of his board now. And that'll be another big pickup. I want to say he's a cornerback. I'm not sure exactly where. Don't quote me on it, but I think he's a cornerback, which would be a, a good addition. But if y'all remember, guys, we had a pretty famous Noel that once done that. Also, he was a Gator up until time to time to you know sign the paper and all that. And that was Dalvin Cook. He was a Gator, and then he flipped to the Noles. We know the the history and the legacy that Dalvin Cook has. I mean, he was voted by y'all as the all-time greatest running back to wear the garnet and gold. So next episode, we're going to dive into those uh, recruiting boards. And like I've said in previous episodes, I'm not too sold on commitments, especially this early from sophomores and juniors in high school because we know how it goes. You know, you, I've said it before, you got your Luke Altmyers and all of them, Sam Howes, that when it's time to put pen to paper, they kind of, you know, tuck tail and go to another school. But uh, we, we're going to dive into that, and hopefully all y'all have a great weekend. I hope everybody stays safe. Go watch y'all some Lady Knoll softball tomorrow. Go watch the men's basketball game this weekend where we play Pitt. And also, guys, next week I believe the Knowles baseball team takes the field after a shortened season last year. So y'all go out and try to watch that too. But with that being said, guys, I'm going to let Gene take us away today. <laughs> <laughs>